The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie. He was a co-host on the U.S. version of Top Gear. He has had three Comedy Central specials and his new album is called It's Scary In Here. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. Hi guys, thank you for joining us. We have another great show for you this week. My guest in the ADD interview is actor, comedian, writer, and podcaster Joe DeRosa. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk to Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, and join the conversation. And our super fan shout-out is for Chet. Say hi to Chet, everybody. Hello, Chet. Hey, Chet. How you doing, man? What's happening, Chet? And Chet sent us a nice email. Uh, he bought some stuff 
from cruiseintowellness.com. And he saved 20% and he thanked us. So that was pretty cool. That's nice. Uh, and I'm excited too because I just found out that I'm going to the Chicago Improv uh, September 10th through the 12th. So yeah, the gig just came in. I'm very excited to go back to Chicago. There is a full list of stand-up dates after our opening segment, as there always is. Cleveland's there. I'm also going through Michigan. I'm very, very excited to get back on the road again, as is my wife that I'm getting back out on the road again. (laughs) I I, I do have to say, I do Mm. enjoy you more when you come back. Which is a nice way of saying she's glad I'm gone. Who we bullshit. So, okay. It's just, you know, that absence makes the heart grow fonder is very true to me. Yeah, bullshit. You're happy to have the peace and quiet and me not walking around going, honey, is this funny? I know what it is. I actually miss you more when you're gone, too, than you come back. Yeah, I actually miss you messing with me. I do. You do? All right, let's go. Well, guess what? I got plans to renew our friendship when you get home. <laughs> I'll see keeping, you in January. He's been keeping a diary. We're all, and we are all uh, not home. I am coming to you from New York City. Mark is in D.C. Alex is at the uh, Abbey Normal Studios in California. And Phil is adrift. He's uh, somewhere out in the ocean. Yeah, we're making this all happen. Uh, but yeah, I was, I'm in New York because I came in for the hurricane. That's lovely. We had a warning of Hurricane Henri. We haven't been through enough shit. This is what we need now. Listen, there's a possible French hurricane coming to kill us all. (laughs) (laughs) Mais oui. Yeah, and nothing happened. I'll be honest with you. I wasn't really that afraid. They're like, Henri's coming. I'm like, oh, we should get wine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what those, uh, you know, when you have warnings like that, you never know. It could go either way. So your French... A storm was passive. I know. It could have been aggressive. A passive French storm. Yes, that's what we had. But like I said, I wasn't even, it wasn't even sold to make me scared. You know what, you know what to make me scared? Road is coming. She's she, on a period. She's pissed at you. Road is coming. I'm actually really, really happy to be here in New York. I'm doing sets at the cellar again. It feels so good to be back. And I saw Joe DeRosa. Um, and we're having lunch next week. So it's, it's nice to be back in New York. And the re- and I found this interview that uh, I did with Joe. And this was one of the first ones I did. Um, and I was very excited to find it because me and Joe actually became friends from this interview. I knew him as another comic. I thought he was very funny. When I put my list together, of people I wanted to talk to, he was on there. So he actually came to the apartment. We did the interview. And from that point on, we've uh, we developed a friendship. I have to ask you, are you at the friendship stage, the new friendship stage where you send each other emojis? <laughs> no, I'm friends with him, but uh, but I'm a grown man. So I don't think that's going to change. <laughs> Actually, I want everybody to know that I have what? softened. It's either me or Phil. We have softened Adam. I have been getting some emojis from Adam. Ooh. Okay. Uh, all right. All right. I'll tell you the story. All right. I, she got a couple of hearts because I yelled and I was wrong. So I'm like, all right. I'll take it. Maybe she'll think, oh, this is cute. He sent an emoji. He really feels bad. So that's what I was going. It works. Let me ask you a question, Adam, just out of curiosity. What do you have against the emoji? It's, it's sincere. It's, it's nice. It's kind. What do you have against the no, emoji? No, it's not. It's a picture and it's bullshit. Use your words, okay? Well, I would think we would like emojis because they're less words. It's just one action right there. Boom. It's punctuation. Yeah, but it's it's not a clear communication. It's like it's like I'll send a text to my friend. I get back a flag, a hockey stick, and, and a bagel. Like, really? 
Really? Are you coming over for lunch or not? <laughs> yeah, Mark. This is how the ancient Egyptians talk. They did it with pictures, man. I love that we've come full circle with hieroglyphics, man. You got to jump on board. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. And by the way, the ancient Egyptians, they're all dead. Yeah, Phil. So. <laughs> yeah, just what would you would you go back to the caves and the, during the caveman time and go, what, what's with all the drawings on the caves? Which this is bullshit. Communicate. They can't communicate. That's how they communicate. Pictures. That's where it came from. Yeah, and we evolved past it. Okay, <laughs> that's what we did. It's called progress. I know the problem, Adam. What? We just don't have the right emojis for you. Hmm. Yeah. You know what I need? I just need dollar sign showing up <laughs> in my Chase account. I'll be the happiest man alive. <laughs> I like those emojis. But yeah, so, so the point is, uh, I'm, I'm back here. I'm seeing my friends again. And you know what I realized is it gets harder to make friends as you get older. Phil, me and you go back 30 years. Then my wife, I'll be honest with you, boys. I like her better than the both of you. <laughs> and then Mark. <laughs> and then Mark, I think we met, we're at what? We're at what? Almost 10 years? I don't even know. We tried to figure this out the other day. I don't know. It's somewhere between five and ten. I don't want to say it's difficult to make friends when you're older, but it's a definitely a different process because you're on your own. You're not right. in school. You're not like in a neighborhood playing, mm -hmm. you know, street hockey or trick or treating. These are people that you encounter and you you are drawn to them. You're like, this is somebody that I want to spend more time with. And and I love that conscious decision. When you find somebody of a like mind where you sort of look at the world the same way and you really get along it, it to me, it's found money because you, you, I just don't make a lot of I haven't made a whole lot of new friends, you know, say in the last like 15 years. Mm -hmm. And you you are at the top of that heap. You know, but I, but like you, I like Alex more than you. I'm just going to get that on the record. <laughs> I don't, I don't blame you at all. I really don't blame you at all. Well, I, I think there's um, something to it. There's, I think we just get too busy. The older yeah. we get, we get, um, a, mm -hmm. not like a, well, I guess a set routine, you know, it's like a set routine and we're getting, there, there's a lot of stuff to get done. And it's hard to friendships. Uh, you got to cultivate them. It takes time, and you know if you really want to have a great friendship, you you got to yeah. put in the time. And sometimes you don't have it. There's also it's easy to make friends when you're a kid because there's always a shared experience. You're in school together. You know you're a, you, you work together. You're in prison together. Whatever it is. What? In prison together? You just slip that in. <laughs> I'm just saying, not everyone's had the same path. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. So I actually have uh, tips for making friends as an adult. All right. You said become a joiner. So that gives you a share experience. If you join like a class or you join something. Phil, I remember when you got divorced, I said, go on, you know, that a dating site. That's, uh, that's something to join to make friends. I went on mismatch.com. That was enough for me. Yeah. Mismatch. Yeah. yeah. And I guess what? Everybody <laughs> swiped him. Well, I, I, <laughs> they did. Yeah. Phil, I dated 10 women I should never be with. <laughs> yeah. Phil, if I was you, I would always in the back of my mind thinking, is that Adam? <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. Yeah. You yes. know what? Half of them were probably. <laughs> oh, Oh, that's perfect. Uh, well, that's one thing you do. You, become a, you can take a class because that gives you a shared experience again. 
you could ask existing friends. This was weird. Uh, we're going to assume that you like your existing friends and just looking <laughs> to expand your social circle. Ask your current network who is in their network and make it specific. Tell your friends, for example, that you're looking for a yoga buddy or you're looking for someone to try new restaurants with, which I don't know how. Listen, why don't you just ask your friend like, Phil, look, I love you, but I don't want to do yeah. this with you do you have anybody i could go and take a yoga class with i mean how do you do that yeah that's kind of crummy isn't that kind of crummy yeah yeah mark and why do i feel that that also should be a category of like i need a good wheel man are you good with a sawed off shotgun like i'm i'm, I'm, well, I'm building yeah. another activity there well that's networking yeah. that's smart <laughs> <laughs> yeah, networking. That's more yeah. LinkedIn, yeah. your yeah. honor. It's networking, your honor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, nah, it's, it's not networking. It's called being an accomplice. Okay, that's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another thing. You can look into support groups for friendships. Um, that's something interesting. But what if, for example, I have a problem eating pie? So I go with a, another pie-eating person, and we're both still eating pie? Well, the, the, the thing is you're going to support each other not to eat, eat the pie. Maybe, you know, listen, I, I think you're a good friend. We can be friends. What if we switch to cake? And you both <laughs> go to cake together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Well, what's the next one, Adam? Uh, you can use your pets or kids to your advantage. That's nice. <laughs> I feel yeah, sorry Mark. for these Friend, friendless people. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. Do you think I'm going to scare up a lot of friends if I go out walking, walking my cats? Really, <laughs> that's that's going to get me a lot of yeah. like sad nods, like, "Oh, look at this sad old man walking his cats." Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. not making friends with that. <laughs> I actually have a suggestion for you. If you can make your cats do tricks, that no. might be mm. interesting. You know what? You know what would be great? Teach your cats to smoke cigarettes. <laughs> With a chapeau. <laughs> yeah, with a chapeau. Oh, that's great, honey. Put a beret on them. Have the cats just sit there smoking cigarettes, just mocking everybody. Go, look at these people. They are sheep. They are sheep. <laughs> they don't know. Henri is coming for all of them. <laughs> run, run. <laughs> But yeah, but I was so uh, I, I was so happy that I developed a friendship with Joe and I found this interview and I'm in New York. So it all just kind of made sense because Joe came back from L.A. and he moved back here and we discussed that uh, in the interview as well. And I actually called Joe and told him I was going to do this and he left me a voice message. Hold on one minute. Adam, it's DeRosa. I got your message about the podcast. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Dude. I appreciate the sentiment. Just play the fucking thing. I don't care. All right. I'm an animal. All right, I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah, Adam. <laughs> that was on my voicemail. Apparently, this interview meant more to me than it did to him. So, <laughs> but he's a really good guy, and I really had a good time. Uh, so you guys listen to this, and we will see you on the other side. Remember when we were kids and friendship just felt easier? I hear it all the time. We go, it was just so much easier when we were younger, when we were in school, and we feel like it happened more automatically back then. But the truth of the matter is, it's not that our friendships happened more automatically when we were kids, it's that seeing our friends happened more automatically when we were kids. You're in school together, you're in prison together, whatever it is. What? In prison together, you just slip that in? I'm just saying, not everyone's had the same path. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> You're listening to the Adam Ferrara Podcast. 
Good God, this is 30 minutes you'll never get back. I got some stand updates for you. September 10th through the 12th, I am back at the Chicago Improv. September 24th and 25th, I am at Flappers in Burbank, California. Wednesday, October 6th, I am at the Listening Room in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Thursday, October 7th, I'm at the Park Theater in Holland, Michigan. Friday, October 8th, I am at Bill's Lounge in Grand Rapids, Michigan. October 14th through the 16th, I am at Hilarities in Cleveland, Ohio. And October 28th through the 30th, I am at the Comics Roadhouse at the Mohegan Sun Casino in Uncasville, Connecticut. And as always, if you can make any of these gigs, please come up after the show, because you know I want to thank you for all the love and support you've shown me and this podcast. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy. ADHD, it's not just for kids. Nice boy, but doesn't listen to a word you say. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is somebody I've really been looking forward to talking to. He's a very funny man. He's an actor, writer, comedian, and podcaster. His podcast called Taste Buds that he does with Sal Volcano is something I recommend you check out. I'm grateful he's made some time for us today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Joe DeRosa. Good to see you, buddy. What's up, baby? How are you? Good to see you. Thanks for coming in. And you're back now. You were in L.A. and you're back now. Yeah, I moved back uh, as of this recording about a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been no, two months. It hasn't been very long. No. And was there a reason? Were you asked to leave, Joe? No, yeah. Hollywood bought me my ticket home. <laughs> so we've had enough. You, you tried. Go home, please. <laughs> He's too loud. Uh, the reason was... Um, I had a, so you know what it is because you go back and Mm -hmm. forth. I went out there for six years and the reason I went was because I had hit a point in New York where I wasn't able to do some of the things I wanted to do that were new to me. Writing for TV was one of them, uh, act a little more acting. And at that time they were, you know, I think rescue me and the Sopranos were the only two things that ever got shot in, you know, in yeah. this area. Yeah. It was like there was nothing before the tax breaks kicked. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there were no, uh, there wasn't, a, there weren't a lot of auditions uh, for stuff that was shooting out here. So I went to L.A. and immediately right out of the gate wrote for three years on different TV shows, 
booked some great acting stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a recurring thing on Better Call Saul, which was blew my mind. I never thought in a million years I was going to land that. And when it happened, I was like, this was the right move, man. Yeah. Uh, booked uh, the lead in an animated pilot that didn't go. But, you know, and I'm it's like me and Chris Purnell and, and all these you know people that I love and you know Jenny Slate and it was like this is nuts Mm -hmm. and then uh, got a special got my first hour special on Comedy Central and then booked a CBS pilot recurring uh, and then that went to series and then as that was going to series they cut my character so I did the pilot never got to be on the rest of it and that was the that was the end yeah Yeah, that was it was three years of bliss. And then it was like, all right, so we 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 see what you do. And we, you know, but you get into these periods out there where you're like very dry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy. I just hit a point where I said, as as far as day to day life goes, where am I going to be happier? Where could I feel more proactive? And I said, it's 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 going to be New York. Well, yeah, Uh, because you're you're an East Coast guy. You're a Philly guy. Yeah. And the reason I wanted to talk to you was because um, I saw you stand up and I went, oh. Oh, thanks, man. That's funny. And that, not only is that funny, but it, it was my life and it was a projection of, we're both confessional comics. Yeah. Um, for the most part. I mean, you do, you do more, um, not political stuff, but more. Like social comedy. Social comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I do a little bit of social commentary. It's m- mine's mostly confessional. Right. Basically, because I'm looking for answers. Right. This is about me, Joe. <laughs> Is that why I'm here today? Yeah, yeah, you're here because I want to ask a lot of questions that reflect my life. Look, I gave you the cursor area. So how was it in L.A.? I'm cutting it all out. <laughs> no, you had one of the jokes you did. I saw one that, that I went, wow, because it was it was experience. It mm-hmm. was it was economy. It was point of view. Huh. Funny. Boom. I'm adopted, and people ask me, do you want to find your birth parents? I go, no, I got the hint. <laughs> I'm like, boom. Oh, thanks, I man. I know this guy. I mean, that's one of the greatest lines to encapsulate a comic. Thank you. Right there. I mean, Thank your you. attitude is right there. Thank you. So I saw you do, um, I saw you set an Ari show. Um, uh, this is not mom. happening? Yeah. Yeah. On your mom. And yeah. you were adopted into Italian Catholic. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, that's funny, that's accurate, and I feel bad for the kid because... <laughs> He didn't choose that. That came and got him. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I got thrown into it. Yeah. I was born into it. Yeah, yeah. So I have the DNA of the people I was, <laughs> that, that I, was setting the environment. I strangely do, too. I don't I don't know how, uh, but emotionally, through osmosis or whatever, it's I, I am those, I, I, I'm that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and by blood, I'm not anywhere near it. I, I did DNA, you know, Ancestry.com and all that stuff. See, you're not I'm, a real Italian. We're not giving up DNA without a court order. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm Egyptian. You're I Egyptian? I Egyptian. Okay. So it's like, well, actually, it's kind of right there under Italy. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not that far away. Hot. Yeah, very hot. Hot. Hot stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it's not, you know, uh, it's, it's weird. I just, I guess it's the nature-nurture thing or whatever, but I identify... 100% emotionally and perspective-wise and whatever with the experience of the Italian-American yeah. suburban life and growing up and all yeah. that and all that stuff. The, 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 the beating heart on the sleeve. Yeah. And the visceral, the, the trap of that is, is you, you, feel, you feel very, you're, you're, you're kind of at peace not being at peace. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand um, 
I have a, I have a joke in my act now about happiness. And I go, people keep telling me to be happy. And I go, why? It's not normal. Mm. It's, so it's not normal. normal to you. You know? But I say, I go, happiness is the joke. Is, I, I'm not going to do the bit. But I go, the, happy, the premise is, I go, happiness is the only emotion you need assistance in attaining. Mm-hmm. Nobody goes to their doctor and goes, Doc, my rage isn't bubbling up anymore. Right. Do you have a pill that I could take mm-hmm. for that? You know what I mean? Happiness is the thing. You better work out. You better eat right. You better uh, get some sun. You mm-hmm. better take this medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, all these things. And I'm like, none of the other emotions require that. None of them. And every other emotion is as valid to me as happiness. So I just never quite understood the people that are... Like, when I was growing up, the kids that lived in families that didn't fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, you know, that, that sort of milquetoast suburban thing, I didn't hang out with them and I didn't understand it. It freaked me out almost a little bit. Like, I, we, you know, you'd sleep over a kid's house and the mm-hmm. next morning, breakfast is just, you yeah. know, it's Donna Reed shit. Yeah. And you're going, what the f- This ain't right. This is weird. I, well, I, when, I, when I went to my wife's family for dinner for the first time, I was like, it's so quiet. Really? Don't you people drink? Yeah. <laughs> what, doesn't, what? Any, doesn't anybody owe anybody money? Right. <laughs> you mean mom loves all her children the same? Isn't What's that, wrong with you, crazy. freaks? Yeah. <laughs> what is the what is the ethnicity? My my, my wife. Yeah. Oh, I married a Benetton ad. She's everything. <laughs> she, Spanish, German, Italian, Mexican, uh, um, uh, Native American. Not enough for a casino. I looked. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You got close. Japanese. Yeah. So do you think that that's when when you have the sort of uh, mixed bag of ethnicities or mm-hmm. whatever, uh, do you think that that's the reason that there's less uh, uh, craziness, whatever, the, whatever word you want to put on mm-hmm. it, in the family scene, do you think that comes from the fact that, like when you come from like, like a, like Jewish people always say, where it's a lot like Italian people, it's the same thing. And it's like, yeah. to me, the reason for that is, is when you're coming from like that, concentrated background yeah there's so much more everybody's hanging on to you know what i mean oh like, it's, yeah, somebody's it, coming in and going but what about the traditions you know and you're going well they adhere to traditions they adhere to a belief system because that's their identity right that's what you know the the, the, the Italians and Jews are neurotic and everything because their mothers their identity is their mother so if you grow up and leave and have a different point of view you're threatening their identity yeah that was a was that tough for you growing like when yeah, you yeah I got out I, yeah. I left I left I got I moved to LA when uh when I was like 25 26 mm-hmm. so I got out and I was like wow oh, wait a minute this is all different it's a head trip man I wasn't happy I wanted to go back to what you said about happiness oh yeah See, go ahead, I go think. We're born happy. That's why babies smile. That's why they're looking at the world, and is that, and that's why people want to be around babies, and they get because that's the purest form of a human being, right? Connected to whatever source brings you, whatever, whatever you want to say, right? And then all this shit gets written on our hard drive. So that's, I think, our job to evolve as a human being is to shed all that shit, shed the anger, shed the stuff, because it doesn't, it doesn't serve you in your bit. You talk about getting into a confrontation with a guy. It's very funny. Yeah, the and parking lot thing. The parking yeah. lot thing. Mm-hmm. So you talk about confronting a guy because that's your honor. You're doing all this other stuff. And when, as soon as the guy was said, I'm going to kid you, goes, all right, I'm done. I'm yeah. Gonna yeah. But the confrontation of it and the physical confrontation for the injustice you feel he parked in a spot in the bed. Right. And uh, the injustice you felt you had to do. I had that in spades. Right. Because you want to control the environment yeah. rather than going, well, that's what that is. That doesn't mean I have to react that way. I say this now is um, just because the moon's up doesn't mean i got to be a werewolf. 
Right. Oh, that's interesting, man. That's interesting. That's actually a very succinct uh, way to put it. And and I and I do. Good. What did I just say? Joe? Yeah. <laughs> but I think that is that kind of sums it up. And that's now that I'm older, 42 now. Mm-hmm. That story happened when I was probably 35, mm-hmm. 33, somewhere in there. Um, but now that I'm older, uh, I, I I am a lot more cognizant of like. Hey man, the, the environment is the environment. You can't be at the mercy of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You just well, I guess you do have to be at the mercy of it and, and not try to fight it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a tough thing to do when you're raised with passion. Oh yeah. Now don't get me wrong. In mm-hmm. the right situation, oh yeah, I'll get scrappy. But like I, you know, the, the, the little things. Any, I wouldn't ever do what I did in that story now. You know what I mean? Because I realize it's not worth it. But. Uh, the thing I learned is, is there's a tipping point and you're right to a certain point and then you cross that line and now you're not right anymore yeah. because you took it too far. You know? And your ego and your won't even you ever, you ever experience where you're, you're you've unleashed the beast. You're wrong. You know, you're wrong, but I got to double down. Yeah, it's you know, we were talking about acting earlier. Mm-hmm. Ed Norton said when he did American History X, which is arguably his best role it's an amazing Mm -hmm. amazing movie he's amazing in it he said his approach to that character was he goes when you he goes i wanted the audience when they were watching it to be with this guy to a certain point he's like i wanted him to kind of make sense so it messed with you and then it turns and it goes way too far Mm -hmm. and then you realize he's the villain and i was like you could take that sort of perspective and apply that to the way we 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 react with passion in these situations. You're making a you're making a point. It might not be a great point, but it's a point that some people may go, "Okay, I'm listening." And then it hits a point where they go, "No, dude, you're you're out of your mind right now." Yeah. It's a subway ticket. You know what I mean? It's a metro pass. Why are you punching the glass? You know what I mean? Like it's it it can't go that far, you know? Yeah. So there's a res- uh, Did I make you nervous when I brought up American History X? You don't scare me. <laughs> I was scared for a second. You'd be like, where's he going with this? No, I went like this. I go, I'm going to kick his ass and that Norton's ass. <laughs> no, you didn't. Because I remember, I remember the scene where, on just his eyes, the shot on just his eyes. And I could see the rage in his eyes. And I went, man, there's a well of scary there. There's a well of evil. That He went to the point of evil. He He could project that... He went to a place to let you see what that looks like, and be, yeah, it's courageous. I hope that uh, he. I hope he shook it off. I, I think he's walking think around he with that. Uh, no, no, no. I've I, I met him once. He yeah. seemed like a calm guy. Okay, good. He seemed like a nice guy. Um, and he did death to Smoochie after that. He's fine. Yeah, all right. I need to cleanse myself. <laughs> Let's do a Disney movie. <laughs> do you feel it is? It is. Uh, a human being's responsibility to self-correct when they notice things about their behavior that... Yeah. Good. And I think it's their responsibility on all fronts. Um, you know, I was on Nikki Glaser's show the other day, and we were talking about stuff along these lines, but we were actually on that show, the specific discussion was comedy shows and people getting overly offended. Yeah. Where people literally, I've seen people walk out of comedy shows having almost nervous breakdowns. They're cr- crying so hard. And, whatever, and not because of something the comedian said to them, just something the comedian said on stage. And I, but, but the, the one thing I said on the show is I said, listen, I feel terrible for anybody that's had a bad thing happen to them. 
I'm a human being. I'm not a monster. I understand mm -hmm. that. And I understand that it's traumatic and it can be very damaging, whatever your thing is. But if you're in such a fragile state that hearing a, one trigger word, whatever that trigger word may be, sends you into complete hysterics in public, the onus is a little bit on you at that point. Yeah. You, you have to recognize that you've got some severe nervous damage here and you have to work on that because it's not fair that you just go willy-nilly into a situation and go, well, it's not my problem. Yeah, you're not conditioned to be in society, not observing society. When the, you're in yeah. society, there's an energy to New York and the reason I came back to do more stand-up, to have more access, the, the stage is our canvas. So right. we, need, we need access to the canvas to paint. The energy in New York, the pulse of the city... Is, is conducive for me anyway to get the ideas out. I'm a better editor in New York because right. there's just no time. Right. You know, when I, I got the house out in California, I got the apartment here, and I go back and forth. And whenever I'm out there and I'm doing something, get to the bottom line, what is it? And everyone's like, you're rude. I go, I'm not rude. I'm in a hurry. I have <laughs> shit to do. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's true. And we all have that sense of urgency here. And given the background that we both share, it's uh, it, it comes out to when there's obstacles you hit it with a hammer. If it doesn't break, you hit it with a bigger hammer and you, you ask God to forgive you. Right, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. It is uh, it is it is a very frenetic uh, energy here. And it's people observing versus participation. Yeah. Uh, it's it, This is the kind of city where it's, you have to decide, or you have to know, rather, I'm cut out for this or I'm not. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's not to shit on anybody or whatever no. but the city is definitely not this is vietnam it's like yeah you know this live fire yeah you know and it's like they they had to send some kids home like he's got a <laughs> he's shell-shocked yeah. we gotta get him out of here <laughs> you know he's got too many fingers around his neck yeah. we gotta send him home so uh that's kind of the thing here it's like dude you, it's just not for everybody and that's the difference back to the beginning of the talk the reason i left la because i realized la energy-wise just wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. I was finding, you know, it's funny, I was finding myself more rageful in L.A. Not that I was acting on it, but just quiet rage, home, stewing, I think, furious. I get it, too. Yeah. I'll tell you a story. I was coming home, I was coming home from work, right? I leave the set, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm turning the corner. It's a gorgeous spring day in New York. I got some great news work-wise. I was like, oh, I rang the bell. This is my day. Wow, yeah. I'm going to be a regular on this show. I turn the corner. There's police tape. Dead guy. Right there. There's yeah. a dead guy. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. And you mm -hmm. I went, well, there's the other side of the yeah, coin. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's nuts. This city is a nice reminder of how fleeting it all is. Mm -hmm. You know, you're riding high. and that, but, but, I mean, this is the beauty of New York. And I say all the time, L.A. is about isolation. That's the goal in L.A. Yeah. For somebody that truly loves Los Angeles and truly loves that, and I, I can only speak specifically to the Hollywood lifestyle of Los mm -hmm. Angeles, but uh, or the showbiz lifestyle, but the goal there is isolation. It is the house with the gate, with the eye recognition thing so nobody can get in. The only social things you do occur mostly in your house. Mm -hmm. uh, you invite only the people you really like into your house. You have a party. You have it catered. They hire a bartender. You create a social scene in your house. New York is integration. It doesn't matter how rich you are, how much money you have, how high up the apartment is that you live in. 
You go out that elevator into the lobby and outside, and you're right next to the dead guy. Yeah. You know, you see, you see these guys with millions and millions and millions of dollars getting shit-faced in these dive bars, you know, that everybody just hangs out in. You know what I mean? They go to the same coffee shop. Like, it's a very, very different scene here. And most, I think the reason it happens here is people in New York, again, they don't care. No, John Lennon moved here yeah. because he's like we can, we can be we can be okay here, Yoko. Yeah, yeah, no one really yeah. cares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 inc- it's the scene in it's in um, Devil's Advocate mm-hmm. when Pacino takes Keanu Reeves down to the subway. Yeah, and Pacino yeah, bowing like, to people. Yeah, yeah. The only problem is you can see you coming. Yeah, they don't see me coming. You know, stay in it, stay in the trenches. You know. But that's true. It's like, that's what... I saw pictures of Ben Stiller on the subway. Yeah. That, of course, you know, TMZ... Uh, Chris Noth is in this neighborhood. I see him on the subway all the time. It's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I used to drink at a bar that he, like, I think... Cutting room. The cutting room. Or at least hung out in. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a wild... Now, of course, I drank at a bar in L.A. that John Hamm... I would see John Hamm at once in a while. But uh, it's just not for me, man. Getting back to our personalities i think we're adapted for the cities because of it's our personalities and the way we grew up on the east coast we're mm-hmm. conditioned to it and i and the conditioning and the environment that we grew up in you're a perfect example of it you're an egyptian guy mm-hmm. by birth but you were raised by an italian catholic mother mm-hmm. single mother no, no, no. My parents are still together. Parents are still together? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you talk a lot, a lot about your mom that's why i asked yeah no no well my dad's quiet mm-hmm. so i i have he could be deaf <laughs> He's deaf. I think he's mute. He's mute. Yeah. Uh, he's Anne Frank. Or no, not Anne Frank. Sorry. <laughs> Helen Keller. The Helen Keller. Shit. <laughs> but you want to know something? We're on the same wavelength because I knew what you meant. I knew what he meant. I feel like everybody makes that mistake sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the Germans. No, no. <laughs> That'd be a great remake of the Miracle Worker. Mm-hmm. She was in the wrong house the whole time. Yeah. The Nazis show up at the end. Yeah. This isn't Helen Keller. How do you know? <laughs> the diaries in Braille. <laughs> So she can, uh, uh, but anyway, um, the jokes I always had about my dad, uh, which I don't do anymore, uh, because they were, and I don't really do jokes about my mom anymore either, but my dad jokes were way more traditional, you know, my dad doesn't know what's going on, you know, that kind of shit. Uh, The stuff with my mom was much more emotional. Your mom got cancer and she beat it. Yeah. Yeah. when she was going through that, I wanted to ask, because I'll tell you a story about my dad, but did you find anything out about your mom that you didn't know while she was going through the process and not knowing if she was going to make it? Um, I mean, you know, about her history or life or, you know, facts. No, there wasn't much that came out in that department. But I did learn a lot about her abilities, her resolve, and uh, her ability to survive and stuff like that. You start to learn about a person's strength. Mm-hmm. And you go, I mean, the, the, most, the, 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 the most leveling thing or mind-blowing thing that happened was I, the day we went for her surgery. Because she had to do double mastectomy, full reconstruction, and they do it all in one shot now. I mean, it's an insane surgery. Like, it's it takes hours and hours. And then you come out of this thing, and you're 
you 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 toast dude like you 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 she wasn't even making sense for 2 days you know what i mean you just you just laid out well, you you run to anesthesia for that yeah one. and then and then there's the morphine drip and all that stuff you know so none of that is making you more coherent you know but uh but we were in the hospital we were, i remember going in we, and we, it was miserable we had to go in at like you know you get to get up at 4:15 in the morning to get there at, for 6 a.m. first surgery out or whatever it is and I remember we were driving in the car, and she was just, you know, just she was quiet, and then she was just like, I, you know, I love you guys very much, and you know, and then we went in, and then she was laying in the bed, and and you know, they they give you a, a I don't know what the drug is, but they give you something before you go in, so you're mm -hmm. not like running like I got the fuck out of here. What am I doing? You right. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that plays a small part in it, but uh, but she was laying in the bed and she was about to go in and, and my dad and I are terrified and she's like, I'm going to be okay. It's gonna be, you know, and she was so calm. She didn't cry. Now, I've seen my mom cry a million times over stuff that is seemingly not important. You know, I'm a video game collector. My mom bought me a Sega Master System no. <laughs> uh, one Christmas when I was visiting because uh, it was after Christmas and we were in a store and I was like, ah, man, I'd love to buy that. It's, I can't justify spending 200 bucks on that right now. Like, that's, I don't need that. And then she went and bought it for me and gave it to me and was crying when she gave it to me. And I go, why are you crying in the store? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And she's going, I just want you to remember me when I'm gone. You know, all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so that brings her to tears. Mm-hmm. But here we are in this moment where we may never see each other again, and she's being the strong one. And that was a that was a real, like I said, like just mind blowing moment. I was like, my God, she's like really a survivor. And then that started me thinking about how she was brought up. Her father wasn't the nicest guy to to put it uh, to put it nicely. Hmm. Uh, she went through a lot. My mom, I always said about my mom, if she had been brought up in different circumstances, she would have been a you know, she was a career woman, but it was always administrative stuff. She was a sec basically a career secretary. But had she had she had a better, more understanding father, I'm like, my mom would have went to college. She would have, she's smart, you know. She would have done a lot more personally for herself than she was able to do. Um, so that's what I learned. And then after she got out, again, learning about the, further learning about her strength and her ability to i mean it's just it's such it's crazy man yeah because there's stuff involved with that uh with a with the breast cancer situation when the, when they have to do the mastectomy and stuff which i was not ready for and i was not expecting uh where the woman goes through or like i don't know if it's all women but she went through it the the regret of you're looking at your body you've yeah, it's gone, you mm -hmm. know, and her going through that and just being like, what have, what have I done? Like, and all this stuff, it's really heavy shit. Yeah, it's fucking heavy. So just watching her get through that with. Oh, and then also, too, she a day after the surgery, she goes, take me off this morphine drip. I don't like the way it makes me feel. And she recovered from the surgery on Tylenol. <laughs> Man, that's rough. <laughs> that's. She that was all she took for the pain was Tylenol. Your mother might have got a double mastectomy, but she's got a set of balls. <laughs> no, they, I think they installed balls. Yeah. So, 
that that was the big thing I learned where I was like, Jesus Christ, this is a different generation, man. Like, yeah. This is this is a different category of people. You know, I don't I don't uh, know that I would have that. You said you were going to tell the story of your dad. One of the things I found out about my dad, um, I didn't realize, I found out what a big impact he had on everybody else's life. Mm -hmm. Because when it was towards the end, I mean, it was three years, it was towards the end, he went through the chemo and stuff. And and he was very upfront with me about it. And I go, Pop, we'll do this. You know, we got a shot. He goes, mm -hmm. ah, kid, they're selling hope. That's all they're doing. Wow. They're just selling hope. Wow. Yeah. Don't tell your brothers and don't tell your mother I said that. I said, I won't. Wow. So when it was near, near the end, the people that came to the house to see him, I got him one of those electric chairs because he couldn't sit down anymore. It was electric. Like up the stairs? The big, no, the big recliner chairs. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. yeah. So he would come in and sit down and he would, and he was, did his hair. Okay, let him in. And these people were coming just to sit with him. And it's when incredible. he died, we had the, you know, you know, Italians, they lay out the body. Yeah, you know, pretty ghoulish. Yeah. You know, and, every, and and whoever makes parole can show up. So, yeah, there's but, also a buffet. Yeah, with an there's arms a buffet. <laughs> Ave Maria's playing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's a velvet painting of the deceased. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Italian funeral, you're like, is this sanitary to have the food this close? Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> My uh, my uncle's walking around. He's yeah. like, see that box is the best one I got. It's got heat. It's got air conditioning. There's a light in there in case he wants to read. God bless my brother. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but everyone, Joe, cops, criminals, guys he worked with, people that I don't even know. What did lie. he do? By the way, he was he did kitchens and bathrooms. He came. My my grandfather was a plumber, and my. And my uncle and him were in the plumbing business with him, but then he wanted to design. He was he was an inventor. He never got to do what he wanted to do. See those drawings up there? That's my dad. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. He drew that. That's that's the perspective. He taught himself how to do perspective drawing. He taught himself how to do art so he could sell it. He's like, I got to figure out how this works, and I got to make this look attractive so these people spend money. That's cool. So I found all his old drawings, and I framed them, and that's that's a big chunk of art for me. That's right beautiful. Yeah, and that was him right there. That, that was his plumbing license. I was going to say, that's. I was assuming that's his picture. Yeah, yeah, that's him. That's beautiful. So he, I mean, so here's the thing. Contract, contractor, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that, that would be the different, title, right? Yeah, yeah, but it's a different meaning for Dians. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but I mean, that's fascinating to me because talk about a line of work that runs right up in in the Italian culture mm -hmm. like that, that is what yeah. I'm getting at runs right up the middle of everything you're saying cops criminals you know what I mean yeah. like you're the guy it's like that scene in Easy Money when uh, they're in the strip club yeah who, who didn't put the bathrooms in this yeah, place yeah, yeah who are you who am I yeah who am I, I gotta put the bathrooms in this place <laughs> oh, no wonder it stinks so much yeah <laughs> jumps up yeah choking up the uh, you know um, but that's that's incredible, man. Yeah. How long from the time he got sick did you have with him? Three years. So f three years after diagnosis. Three years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the best part, well, one of the one of the things I'm so grateful for is he got to know my wife. That's great. He got to know Alex, who's on the show with me, and I remember the first time I took him to chemo. They're hooking him up. I'm sitting there. I brought I brought the movies he liked to play on the the computer mm -hmm. with him and we're sitting there we're setting everything up and they're hooking him up to the chemo shit and I'm sitting next to him I go pop 
I'm going to marry Alex. And he looked up and he goes, if you don't, I will. <laughs> That's great. That's and great. Just my father told my wife things that I never knew. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. About, and it wasn't regret, but it was, it was, he was more open with her because they vibrate at the same level. My, my wife is just, there's a, I know there's a God because he went, don't fuck this up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He goes, you will care for this. So yeah. I always feel, Joe, I always feel like I'm the old guy in, uh, and what was the movie? Not Raise the Lost Dog, The Last, Last Crusade. Okay. When you, uh, Harrison Ford goes in and yeah. he's the old knight. Yeah. And he's, I knew you'd come. Mm -hmm. It's my job to guard the grail. That's yeah. how I feel. It's my job to care for the queen. I want to ask one more thing and then I'll let you go, my friend. Um, sure. We had another similar experience we had, and it was in your bit. And I'm going to put a link to your to bit up. Okay. I reference a lot. When your mother made you watch Goodfellas. Yeah. As a teaching tool. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. She said, well, the part, she told me to watch Good. I want to show you Goodfellas. I didn't want to watch it because mm -hmm. at that age I didn't I wasn't I didn't care. Mm -hmm. uh, now it's my favorite movie of all time, basically. Uh, but I didn't want to watch it, and she said, "No, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. You're going to love it." And how great is that that she knew? She introduced me to this thing that became you know. And yeah, she pauses the uh, movie right after De Niro goes after Henry commits perjury in court. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> you learn the two greatest lessons in life. Always keep your mouth shut. Never, ever rat on your friends. And my mom paused the movie and looked at me, and she goes, that's what it's about. Yeah. yeah. I got, I, I, that, when I heard that, I said, I got to talk to him. Because I, <laughs> I had the same thing. Yeah. My dad did it with The Godfather. Really? It was a teaching tool in that's my house, great. The Godfather. That's great. The Godfather and the Bible. Those were the two teaching tools. Yeah. <laughs> you know how confused I am? Yeah, well, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. <laughs> these, these, basically, the messages I got, Joe. Be nice to people and don't let them see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting, and I just realized this. I think the philosophy with the mob guys from that generation, mm -hmm. they were very, they were, they believed in God. They were very religious guys. I think their whole mentality was you don't say anything because that's between him and whoever in his time. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? You don't need to worry about it. It'll all sort out in the end. I don't think uh, Joey Blades has that kind of spiritual awareness. <laughs> all right. Well, he at least has the awarenesses of I don't need the cops breaking my balls. Yeah. That, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I got a Self, house. I got a family. Self-preservation. Yeah. I got master feet. I got to eat. <laughs> What are you going to go pray? Now God's breaking my balls? Yeah. And God breaking my balls now? <laughs> what are you doing opening your mouth? Do you want pestilence? All right, fair I enough. I don't even know what that is. Bugs, locusts and shit. You want that? Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> you, make a, you make a strong counterpoint. <laughs> I thought I had a good point. But you're right. Uh, I am so glad you agreed to do this. I had so much fun with you, my friend. Thank this you. This was great, man. Next time you're in town, let's get coffee or something. I would like that very much. Yeah, and by the way, let me a sincere note to end. Mm. Thank you for having me. Really? And thank you for all the nice stuff you said, because you're a guy that I was watching do it before I ever did it. Thanks. Bro. So I look up to you, buddy. It means a lot to me, man. Thank you. You're a good I man. I mean it, yeah.
See you. Be well. The ADD interview was brought to you by CruiseIntoWellness.com. CruiseIntoWellness.com. You know why you go there. You go there for all your CBD needs. Now, let's say you confuse Anne Frank with Helen Keller. I feel like everybody makes that mistake sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the Germans. No, no. <laughs> this could cause you a little anxiety. So you know what to do. Take one of the gummies they have at cruiseintowellness.com. They also have edibles, tinctures, pain creams, bath products, pet products. They got the bath bomb that my wife loves, and you get 20% off with the coupon code ADAM. Yep, 20% off anything they have at cruiseintowellness.com. Go. Feel better. This is Joe DeRosa, and that was 30 minutes I'll never get back. Come on, Joe. The cops are coming. Don't you hear the sirens? (laughs) I like the guy. And that's how we became friends. You know, I love the fact that he said, let's have coffee. Because usually when you work with somebody, you say that and you never do. But you guys actually did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and apparently, be- because of his message he left me, it meant more to me than it did to him the fuck. <laughs> yeah. I could see you guys being friends because I can sense that rage just underneath the surface with both of you guys. You know, yeah. I don't know. That's a New York thing. Thank and you. You know, it, whatever. But it was thing. right there for both of you. It's not a good thing. And he was being so subtle. Quiet rage. I never acted on it. <laughs> that was it. When he said, I never acted on it. That's when I knew yeah. I love this guy. Because he's like, it's there. I just didn't kill anybody, but I wanted to. Yeah. yeah. You said that on another podcast to another what? comic. You said, yeah, we're both from New York and people think we're yelling, but we're really not. But I guess we are. <laughs> and I'm thinking to yeah. myself, yeah, you guys are. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's not that we're yelling. It's just that you people don't you understand. People. <laughs> you mean <laughs> you people, <laughs> the relaxed ones. <laughs> yeah, what's that like? <laughs> well, yeah. I will tell you this: I'm working on it. You I'm are. working on it, and this is one thing I agreed with Joe on. Um, you have to take responsibility to self-correct. You know, yeah. Like I know that it's not a healthy thing. I know that I want to be better for a better man for my wife and a better person. So it, I've taken on the responsibility of self-correct. It's not going well, but at least I'm making the effort. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I get that. It's hard. You know, sometimes you get in a rut and you don't mm-hmm. really know that you're in a rut until someone yeah. points it out and you're like, oh, yeah. right. Oh. Or especially when you hear yourself on a recording, you're like, mm-hmm. do, do I sound that way? <laughs> Was that me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, it's tough to have self-awareness. And the thing that's really doubly tough for me is is I'm usually right, you sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> okay, n- another thing we need to work on. Adam. He actually <laughs> believes that, by the way, just so you know. He actually <laughs> believes that. It's a burden. <laughs> yeah, could... It's a burden. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's a responsibility, though, Adam. I think it's a, more of a choice to self-correct than it is a responsibility. You could choose to be responsible and self-correct, but isn't it more of a choice? Yeah, it's, it's a choice to be a responsible person or just go through life as an asshole. So that's, <laughs> that's the choice. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, but you have to choose to want to be better, though. You know what I mean? You have to choose that. Well, you have to choose it, and you also have to act on it. A lot of people stay the same because they don't want to stand the anxiety of change. You know, it's like, hey, this is odd. I'm going back to denial and blame. Or they don't know better. Or I just marry someone else. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Phil's actually between therapists slash wives. (laughs) I have no comment. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's it's also hard when you are self-aware to make uh, that change because most 
people would uh, are conditioned to choose unhappiness rather than uncertainty. You know, it's like the devil, you know, like, yeah, I'm like this, but I can't help it. And this is because mm-hmm. I was raised this way and I'm not changing because if the change you have to, you have to be willing to sit in uncertainty and, and most people don't want to do that. I, I have to say, I think it's the ego. It's Go ahead. when, when, uh, it's hard to admit you're wrong sometimes. It's I know, but honey, you are getting better at it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Adam, you're going to have a little hill to climb. <laughs> you will venture it one day. <laughs> yeah, for me, I think because uncertainty is fear. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when you brought that up, I was thinking when we had uh, Steve Sharippa on the show and he was, you know, uh, he took a chance and took a risk and went after the Sopranos when he could have just stayed you know, in the unhappiness where he was, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But he took a risk and he did that. You Love know what that. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I understand what you're saying about the, the, the unhappiness is what you know, but if you're surrounded by that, even if it's familiar and sort of like an old blanket that keeps you warm, you're like, but this is crappy. The blanket smells and I'm pissed off. And, and you, and you can only look at yourself and be like, look, you can live like shit if you want to, or mm-hmm. you can change your behavior because what you've been doing hasn't been working. So I think any rational person can circle around that, but they always got to come to, I have, if you want to evolve, I guess you have to come to that point where you say, this ain't working. I got to do something different and, and at least try and find a calmer shore. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And you just need to get a therapist and and do your laundry, you animal. Jesus. (laughs) Wash the frigging blanket. (laughs) (laughs) You know, well, he also said that his ego pushed him into anger. Uh, that was very interesting when he said he went too far. You know, when you're angry and you go too far and you're no longer right. Oh, yeah. Now you're an asshole. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You see that all the time, especially especially when guys are drinking. Like, it's always he's apologized. No, it's not. You see the guy always <laughs> walks out of the bar and comes back and wants to fight again. You're like, what do you think? It's over. What, the, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Very famously on this show. I gave an example of myself doing that where I got in the exchange with the old woman in the line at the, the ATM. Yeah. And I had all the moral high ground, <laughs> you know, and she realized she was wrong. And then my ego pushed me to say, so why don't you go fuck yourself? Yeah, <laughs> that's gone great. Too, I'd I, gone too far and I told my woman to go after herself. What yeah. was I thinking? Not, yeah. Not Listen, only that, I'm right, but I'm going to tell Betty White to go fuck herself. I was okay. going to say, not, not just that, a, an old lady. Yeah. yeah. Mark, let me ask you something. How old were you when you did that? 51. Okay, so it's not getting any better. <laughs> I thought maybe it was getting better. It's not no. getting any better. No. <laughs> That's who I am. Okay. Yep. And you know what else I like about Joe? I felt the connection that he had um, with his, his family, specifically his mom. You could mm-hmm. see how much uh, she meant to him and, and how and how he uh, – he articulated how she found that strength when she was going through, uh, she was going through that, that cancer battle, you know, cause I remember that. And I, I remember that with my dad, you know, and he pulled me aside and he said, kid, they're just selling hope. He goes, you know, don't tell your, your brothers, don't tell your mother, you know? So he kind of knew and he let me into, uh, he let me into that world. He let me into that thinking. And I'll, I'll never forget that about my dad. I tried to, I tried to talk him out of it, but you know, he knew I was just bullshitting him trying to get him to feel better. <laughs> I, I am so happy that I got to meet Pop and spend some time with him. A really, oh, yeah. a really fond memory is um, when we went to this restaurant by the sea and we were all the three of us. And then you got a phone call, Adam, 
Oh yeah. <laughs> I was on the phone call with a producer. So we're sitting there. We're right. We're right. We're right uh, in Port Jeff. We're right in the Harbor mm-hmm. outdoors. We're having lunch, everything phone rings. And it was this producer about this show. He wanted me to do. So I said, excuse me, I got to get up and take this. And I was on the phone for an hour. On the phone for an hour, pacing in front of the yeah. restaurant, almost, I thought, pulling out his hair. <laughs> and just, what, what do you mean? He was just making all these gestures. Pop turned to me, Adam, and he said, look at this guy. He, he, <laughs> he has the ocean in front of him, and he's pacing, pulling out his hair. And we were laughing. And Pop said, you know, he loves you, but he's got to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Smart okay. guy, Joe. Yeah. He he loves you, but he's gotta calm down. Says the guy that raised me. Where do you think I got it from? <laughs> Are you kidding? Are you kidding? All I hear from when I just remember having these great conversations with mm-hmm. Pop about astronomy, about um him, you know, wanting to go to space. You know, I felt an instant connection with Pop. I don't know if we were both Libras. And I think we were talking about how your mom was an Aquarius and you're an Aquarius. And mm-hmm. we'd say, we'd say, those Aquarians, they're very strange. <laughs> and Pop would say, yeah, they're very strange. Wait till you get to this part. And she, he would tell me something a little crazy that your mom did. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. Adam does that too. <laughs> so we were, we kind of bonded over our kind of kinship of how we viewed life. Oh, there was no doubt in my my mind that that pop pop loved you, and I'm so glad you got to meet him. And this is what I mean when I say you people don't understand. You friggin' Libras, okay? That's what it is. <laughs> and you're killing me. You and your friggin' scales. Called <laughs> balance. I want to thank my pal Joe DeRosa for being on the show. Honey, if they want to get a hold of us, where do they go? The Adam Ferrara at Gmail. Uh, show's growing. You know it's because of you. If you get a chance to leave us a review, that helps us with our friend. Mr. Algorithm. And please remember, life is hard. You take it easy on yourself. The pod has ended. Go on, peace. Because I came in for the hurricane. That's lovely. We had a warning of Hurricane Henri. We haven't been through enough shit. This is what we need now. Listen, there's a possible French hurricane coming to kill us all. (laughs) (laughs) Bonjour. Dans notre théorie, it's sur bullshit. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.